Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Plyme and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. We are also crazy about our Patreon sponsors, Courtney Ellis, David Hatt, and Paul Schrader. Thanks, guys. And we finally figured out who Paul Schrader is. So, hey, Paul. Hi, Paul. Thanks, Paul. A special thank you. Oh, God. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, check out our Patreon or you can buy us a cup of coffee. Ooh, Erin. Yes. So we also have a new donation on buymeacoffee.com, which is linked to our website. But it's going to take me a second to get there. (laughs) (laughs) So if you'd like to support the show, you can check out our Patreon or buy me a coffee. Um, You can also find links to both of them on our website. We also give shout outs for reviews, but I have nothing new to report this week. Um, I do have a new buy me a coffee. So Patty Snow, thank you very much for our coffee. Oh, thanks, Patty. Patty's great. I've never she met Patty, but I like her. We need to figure out how to meet her. I agree. I agree. So thank you, Patty. You can follow Crime Crazy on all the social medias at Crime Crazy Pod, or just check out our super awesome website, which has our new art on it. Yes. Our new it's... art that I somehow have not managed to make into stickers. I know oh. this is very unlike me. Have you not been drunk lately? Maybe that's it. Maybe I've just been sober and making good financial decisions, but oh, that's going to have to change. Yeah, I'm going to need to have you stop that for a minute. <laughs> right. Um, but you should definitely check out our new art and see if you can find the little Easter egg that's in there. Yes. And then you should tell us if you find it. Yes. All right. So, Aaron. Yeah. You were in four time zones. Oh, my God, Diana. Yes. That is why we're late. You stood on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I did. I stood behind the little podium and looked like I owned the place. It was fantastic. You did indeed. But did you learn anything last week? You know, I did. Holy moly, what? I So I learned a lot of things. One being, I'm entirely too old to be in four time zones in a week. <laughs> uh, that was exhausting. Um, and then, two, I learned something about butterflies. Aww. Actually, I've been learning a lot about butterflies recently. I don't really know why, but I have. Um, but this one was kind of cool and a little bit gross. So I know how you feel about eels, and you know mm-hmm. how I feel about teeth. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about eyeballs? Um, I can't watch eye surgery, but I did have it. Okay. Um, well, we'll see how you feel about this. (laughs) So in Peru, there are lots of butterflies, as you would expect in, you know, the Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they, um, they have a a problem. So they need sodium is one of the nutrients they need, but they can't get it from plants. And so they have a really hard time getting it. And there are some options, but there are Mm -hmm. things like, If I eat poop, I can get the sodium from the poop. So there's one species of butterfly that has adapted to get sodium from the tears of turtles. Oh, that's weirdly adorable. 
Uh, right? Well, it's weirdly adorable. And then I started thinking about like their little straw mouth, like dipping into the turtle's eyes and sucking out the tears. And then it became weird. See, I preferred to think that the turtle was thinking joyful thoughts in silent contemplation with a lone tear down his turtley face. And the butterfly kisses it away. Yeah. Yeah, that's way better than um, the photos where they're like sucking out of the turtle's eyeballs. They look more like butterfly vampires. I like yours better. But butterfly vampires, I think, needs to be explored as a concept as well. (laughs) (laughs) Butterflies are a little bit creepy. I've been learning since starting to decorate for Halloween. Butterflies on like human bones and body Mm. parts, kind of creepy. It is creepy. Have you posted a picture of your skull yet? I have not. I will. I'll post all the Halloween decorations. Yeah. Aaron has made a skull with butterflies in, is that called a bell jar? Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. It is like beautiful, but horrifying. I don't know what it is about butterflies on like dead things, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's what I learned. Um, and, and now I'm ready to tell you a story. All right, tell me a story. So it is October, which means it is, it is crime cozy. Oh, do you know what the best way to get cozy is? Listen to horrific stories. Actually, I was going to say coffee with chocolate cherry Baileys in it. Uh, yes, oh. that was this morning. So delightful. Yes, agreed. Yeah, wrapped up at a knitting group with our friends. Yeah, pretty much. We're old ladies, Diana. I've always been an old lady, Erin. I mean, that's also true. (laughs) So I'm all cozy. You're all cozy. I don't have any coffee because I'm elderly and it's past noon. Right, right. But yeah, I'm feeling safe. I'm tucked in my my room here. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a candle burning. Well, let me horrify you. We're going to talk about rape. Awesome. Yeah. Aren't you excited? So excited. Um, so I, I, for Crime Cozy, I was choosing topics that I thought people are actually afraid of. Things that you actually expect may someday happen to you, like being mugged or being stalked. Or this week, being raped by some random stranger. Mm, great. Right? So I have good news and bad news because um, the bad news is I found stories about these and they're horrific. Uh, Mm. The good news was it was really, really challenging. And I know you're going to come later and tell us some good news about stranger rape. Uh, I'm going to tell you some things. Okay. So Diana's a downer. Uh (laughs) I've always been a downer, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> An old woman and a downer. Yes. All right. So I found a story. And yes, it has rape in it. And yes, it's awful. It's actually, there's not a ton of detail. So that's kind of nice. Um, but it's also like bizarre. So I thought it fit very nicely with our podcast. Okay. All right. So March 2nd of this year, a woman arrived home. And since this woman gets to live, unlike most people I talk about, um, we don't know her name. So she arrived home in her Georgia home and there was a young man waiting outside her house for her. 
And when she got to the door, he came up beside her, pulled a knife, forced her into her home, and started to rape her. And before he had finished, the woman's boyfriend arrived home. I guess he was just a few minutes behind. Mm -hmm. And so the guy that was raping her got up, and he ran away before the police could get there. So they called 911. Mm-hmm. And the police brought canine units to try to trace this guy, but they couldn't track him. Um, so they took DNA evidence and, you know, questioned the couple and compared that to some other crimes that had been committed and ended up linking this rape to seven other sexual assaults. Holy shit. Starting in 2015. All of them were black women, or all of the victims were black women between 19 and 39, mm-hmm. which I believe it is true, although your statistics may disprove me, that generally speaking, that would mean it needed to be a black offender because mm-hmm. people tend to stick within skin color when they're raping. I guess they're racist and rapists. I, well, <laughs> those I know things go hand in hand. I know that's true for murder. I don't actually know... If it's true for other crime, I would guess there is a correlation. I feel like I've read that. Okay, yeah, I know it's true for murder. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they also had from the victims, they had DNA uh, from at least, I think, I think from all eight people, they had DNA that was the same. Um, But they also got some good descriptions and. Mm drew up a couple of sketches which I've looked at the sketches and I've looked at the suspects and um, they're really good like usually they're not but they are really good Um, they also the victims also said that they thought that he had driven a gray Ford Taurus it's really specific uh, with tinted windows also very boring well and it's funny you say that because the other thing I was going to say about the sketches is he's a pretty generic looking dude (laughs) he drives a pretty generic car yeah um and let's see oh that he had he might have tattoos on his right arm so they weren't entirely sure but they thought they'd seen something but they weren't really looking at his right arm um and they they told police or like looking at all of the reports, the man would get into houses. They were always like town, almost always townhomes mm-hmm. um, through either an unlocked window and he would just push his way inside when the woman was home alone. Or he would do like he did in this case where he caught a woman at the door and forced her into the house at knife point or whatever. They said he used a variety of weapons. Um So, horrible dude. Uh, Of these eight total assaults that they matched using DNA, seven of them were rapes, and one of them was sexual battery, which I had to... Okay, good. I'm glad you made that face. (laughs) Because I, I felt really dumb having to look that up. Because in my mind, sexual assault, sexual battery, rape, those are just different names for the same thing um and in some states in most states they are they're interchangeable okay but in certain states like georgia there's a separate lesser crime called sexual battery that's a distinction and it basically just means like in order to be sexual assault or rape there has to be some kind of penetration um it can be very minor it doesn't have to be like we think of as like sexual intercourse it just Mm -hmm. has to be some sort of penetration um 
in some bodily orifice. And a sexual, a case of sexual battery would be like if you grab someone or you touch them or. Okay. So a lesser charge. Interesting. I prefer to think of it as like somebody trying to beat somebody with their penis. That would be far more amusing. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Because that would be one of the... I mean, like, it would be very uncomfortable and not okay. But I feel like the it would be worse for the perpetrator. Right. So. Um, okay. <laughs> so. Um, so they have all this information. And yet, from 2015 until March of this year, they didn't have an answer. Right? Because when this this rape occurred like they were able to link it to the other ones but there was no suspect mm-hmm. um so meanwhile in june of 2018 there was a new police officer in clayton county kenneth thomas bowen the third joined Ooh. the clayton county police department Um, And of course, when you join a police department, it's not like, then you're a cop. There's academy training and all this other stuff to go through. Mm -hmm. So he joined in June. In September, he was at the academy and he didn't show up for training one of the days. And so they called him and they said, hey, did you ever sleep? Where are you? And I don't know what excuse he gave them, but he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'm running late, whatever it was. Three to four hours later, still not there. Hmm. And then when he finally did arrive, wherever he said that he had been, they knew that was not true. So he lied about where he'd been during this time. So they fired him. Fair enough. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of the end of that. Okay. So just keep that in the side of your head. Okay. <laughs> or the back of your head. <laughs> so... After this March rape, the police were still looking for the rapist and they started going through old 911 calls around the time of each assault, hoping that a neighbor or a passerby or somebody had seen the guy lurking outside the house because he would Mm -hmm. wait for people to come home. And he, you know, he spent a lot of time outside of the homes. And it turns out they had. And one of the callers had not only seen someone, but he knew who he had seen. And he didn't see him go into the house and he didn't know that it had anything to do with a sexual assault, but he saw this man lurking outside and it was suspicious and he was able to give the man's name. So wait just a damn minute. Why didn't he call the cops if he saw somebody lurking outside that seemed suspicious? Well, he did because they were comparing it to 911 calls. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. He did. So everybody did what was right. It just, it was just that the police didn't put the two things together. together. Right. So they pulled a photo of this man and they compared it to the sketch and oh my God, it's exactly the same person. Like even (laughs) I could tell it was the same person. (laughs) So it turns out that Kenneth Kenneth Thomas Bowen III was the photo and the person that the caller identified as the suspect. They were able to confirm through record DMV records that Bowen owned a Ford Taurus in silver with tinted Mm -hmm. windows. And so then they pulled up his social media accounts to see if they could find photos of tattoos on his right arm. But instead what they found were references to his very, very, very short stint in the Clayton County police department. 
Hmm. And they were like, huh. So they pulled their files. <laughs> sure enough, he had been employed for a very short amount of time until he decided just not to show up one day. Mm-hmm. And because they took very careful records, when they hired him, they knew that he did indeed have tattoos on his right arm. Mm -hmm. So between that and the match, the like photo match and the car match, they were able to go to a judge and get a warrant and take his DNA. And it came back as a match for all of the assaults. So did they not take a DNA sample? When he joined? Yeah. I guess not. Or it would have been in a system, I assume, unless it was like backlogged or something. I know they do that in the military. I have no idea if they do that for police departments. I thought they did. I mean, maybe it's not all of them. Maybe it's just a state by state or department by department. I don't know. I mean, obviously, they tested and entered the victims, the DNA found on the victims, because they were able to match them all together. So, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but sounds like he's probably guilty. I know we just talked about DNA, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with uh, pretty, pretty guilty. Yeah, seems awfully guilty. So I was looking at dates and that kind of thing. And here are just a couple follow ups. This year, Bowen was arrested, right? So his right. first court date, I think, was early September. Um, And then it was scheduled again for the end of September. And then I wasn't able to find anything after that. So I'm going to guess they're either still in proceedings or it's been postponed or whatever. Um, But he was he is 24 years old, which means when he started committing this string of rapes, he was like 19 or 20. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a baby. Yeah, that's a baby. They're, it's lucky they got him young. Yeah. So that was another thing. Um, so when I was reading about his court appearance, it, it had a long quote from one of the victims who was unnamed. And she basically said, like, she thought she'd feel better when she saw him, that there'd be some sort of, like, start to closure or something like mm-hmm. that, or that she'd be really angry and hate him. But what she said was, he is just pure evil. Like she could look at him and tell that the only thing he was upset about is that he got caught and he had no remorse whatsoever. He knew exactly what he had done and it didn't bother him in the slightest. So it is very lucky. I think that they caught him young. Yeah. Um, Although four years is a long time to be, I mean, those are the, the rapes they had DNA evidence in. Who knows how many there really were. Well, and that's the thing. We have, you know, only 10% of rapes get reported. Right. Right. So that's putting us like at 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that I know about where his court case stands right now is that it sounds like they have a lot of very good evidence. Um, I know that witnesses and eyewitness accounts are really not terribly accurate but he was positively identified by some of his victims Mm -hmm. um and they denied him bail Mm. uh but what was really interesting about the way that they denied him bail was that in the sexual battery case he was given bail 
So he was told that he could go home if he paid them, I think it was like $7,000 and then $600 in court fees. Mm -hmm. But in all the others, he was denied bail. So I, I guess they have to do those things separately and so it makes sense. But it was like there's no point whatsoever in offering him right bail for any of like if right if, if even one count he doesn't get he's not allowed to be released then he's remanded that's it right yeah that is how it should be right right and that is how it is going good um, so yeah that was that was my case I some of the articles uh, I don't remember which police officer it was but somebody working on the case essentially said you know if we if he hadn't tried to work for us, we might not have had the records and like we may not have made that connection. Right. Which is so crazy because you hear of that. that yeah. Either within the police department or kind of those police groupy people that like hang out at the cop bars and want to be friends with all police officers and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, you know, is it the allure to like know more to not right. get caught or is it the allure the other way that they're so fascinated with like police work that they want to like create some well or is it like an ego thing where I can hang out with you you can see me every day and you'll yeah. still never catch me yeah which is definitely true in some cases yeah well, and the victim that was quoted in this article said, I just can't imagine if he had gone through and like graduated from the academy and become a police officer, the oh. access and the power and the leverage and the fear and the, like he could have done so much more damage. Yep. yep, absolutely. Thank God he was an asshat in every area of his life. Right. Huh. So there you go. So, Diana, I feel like this goes along with the mugging episode where you walk in a dark parking lot, you carry your keys a certain way because somebody's going to attack you. Yeah. And that this is like one of the number one fears. So I have bad news about rape. I mean, is there any good news about rape? I mean, that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I have bad news about rape. So according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, uh, one in five women and one in 71 men will be raped at some point in their lives. In the U.S., one in three women and one in six men experience some sort of con contact sexual violence in their lifetime. Here is the good news. 51% of female victims of rape reported being raped by an intimate partner and 40.8% by an acquaintance, which means that's 92%. Yeah. So that's what I thought you would tell us about is that like, it's someone you know. Yeah, exactly. So most of the time, it's gonna be somebody you know. Now, interestingly, 52.4% um, of male victims report being raped by acquaintance, but 15% by a stranger, which is almost twice the woman raped by a stranger. Um, I wonder if that's kind of like men under report men also don't want to admit they know who it was like, well but these are of reported rapes well, i mean right. maybe that they don't want to admit who it was right like because then it can be a big monster or it can be you know yeah 
not I don't know or I don't know how do they define a stranger mm-hmm. you know like if you're going at a hookup spot is that a stranger if you don't consent like I don't know but I, I just like, thought it was interesting that there was yeah. a much larger gap yeah um so yeah so the numbers are bad um the numbers are reported very low only 10% of women and 5% of men filed an official report to an authority figure after a rape um and unfortunately the best prevention is not to hang out with people who might rape you I, <sighs> yes what about avoiding like let's talk just about strangers so there's not actually a lot of information out there about stranger rape. Um, and a lot of that gets hooked into other kinds of assault and robbery and that sort of thing. Mm. So your basic self, uh, oh God, why well, can't think of the word? Preservation? No, defense. Like oh, okay. your basic self-defense things. So, you know, don't be alone, be in a well-lit area. If you have to be there, have some pepper spray. Um, things like your keys aren't actually going to do anything. They're going to no. hurt you before they hurt him. Yeah. Um, still going to keep carrying him that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's all the same thing mm-hmm. in terms of strangers. There, there are some strategies to avoid stranger rape, but a lot of them made me angry. Um, <laughs> dress better. <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot of it was like, take responsibility for your surroundings. Like, right. well, fuck you. That's not always how this works. Don't get drunk in public. Right. Um, you know, a lot of victim blamey stuff. So a lot yeah. of it is your basic self-defense. Don't hang out with people who are going to rape you. But chances are somebody's going to at some point. And it's going to be someone you hang out with. And it's going to be somebody you hang out with. And then you get to decide what to do about it. So I don't remember where I heard or read it. But one of the things that always sticks out in my mind, and I'm sure that should this situation ever occur, it will do me absolutely no good, <laughs> um, is if you can do something gross, like throw up yeah, or go to the bathroom on them, or, you know, something. Yep. I feel like probably control of that kind of bodily function will not be something I have access to. <laughs> but I can pretty much pee on command. Oh my god, I definitely can't. I can't pee if there's a light bulb out in the bathroom. Yeah, like I, it's uh, a situation. <laughs> well, when you're so you stole all your babies. I um, did. Yeah. So you were not subjected to the glory of the weekly pee test at the OB's office. Oh no, yeah, I definitely did my fair share of those. Yeah, all I have to do is imagine an alcohol wipe, and I can pee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Still, the baby is 10. The, yeah, the baby is, is old at this point. The baby is old, still handy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've heard that too. I don't know if there are any hard numbers on that sort of thing, but, you know, who but wants to... But it makes to, sense. Well, yeah, who wants to be with somebody who's just cute? Yeah. So, um, prevention is a little bit iffy. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. But if you are a victim of sexual assault, and odds are that you are... There are a lot of resources available and your first point of contact can be the National Sex Assault Hotline, which is 1-800-656-HOPE or 4673. 
Uh, this is run by RAIN, which stands for yes. Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. It created and operates the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Um, there's also, of course, an online, and they speak Spanish. Um, they also partner with more than a thousand local sexual assault service providers across the country and operate the DOD self helpline for the Department of Defense. So they are also working on rape in the military. Uh, yeah, which is a situation. It is a situation. Um, so they are a great resource. They are probably the most uh, broad resource in the states. Um, and if you would like to help other victims of sexual assault, please consider a donation to End the Backlog at endthebacklog.org. Yes. Yeah. This organization's goal is to eliminate the existing backlog of untested rape kits across the United States and prevent a backlog from ever happening again through several major initiatives, including legislative campaigns, federal advocacy, accountability and transparency, training and technical assistance, education, awareness, and research. Erin. Yes. I'd like to issue a challenge to our listeners. Oh, I'm a little nervous about your challenge. Um, I came in with some money this year in a bad way. And I want to spend it for good. So if any of our listeners make a donation to end the backlog, I will match your donation up to $50. Just send me a receipt. Wow. That's awesome. And yeah. So Diana at crimecrazy.com, send a donation, send a receipt to me. Um, I'm going to give a deadline. Otherwise, I'm just going to be making donations all the damn time. So I mean, which is not terrible, but at some point. It's not, but at some point I'm going to stop checking. So uh, please send me your receipt by December 1st. I will make a donation in December. That's awesome. And I will share with all of you how much we were able to raise. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Rain is an organization that I, I believe I still donate to. I have for decades, like awesome. forever. Yeah. You haven't been alive that long. I know. I'm practically a newborn. <laughs> um, it started when I was like three. I started making donations because that was two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit more, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not as many as you. True story. Man, you horrified that person we interviewed this week when you started talking about how old I was. (laughs) Sometimes in my real life, I forget that not everyone was there when we were recording the podcast. And then I say really inappropriate things to Diana when we are in public. (laughs) It was pretty pretty amazing. If they want to work with us, they have to get used to that. You know, I feel like if they want to work with us, they should listen to an episode of the podcast and see what they're getting into. It and is on my LinkedIn. Take it away from like, mm, I would like to unapply for this job. Yes. I've heard this woman. I am not interested. Right. This is weird. Um, uh, all right. So I love your call to action. Um, definitely, definitely. I'm going to go find my all of my receipts and send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum $50. Okay. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners. Like, uh, Yeah, we do. You might be sad about this. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm up for yeah. it. Let's do this shit. Yeah. Do you have any advice for us? Yeah, send me your fucking receipt to endthebacklog.org. <laughs> Diana at crimecrazy.com. Let's do this shit. Yes. Yeah. 
And well, then, and I mean, it's sexual assaults, but it's not even just that. There's a backlog on. I mean, the. I'm yeah. just gonna say. I'm just gonna say it. The Colonial Parkway murder. <laughs> right. Is still there. Let's get Erin closer before she pops. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Go make your donations. Send me your receipt, and then call your people. Yes, call your people. Check in on them. Tell them you love them. Tell, tell them we love them. Yeah, and buy them some chocolate cherry babies. Oh, you should definitely do that. That's right. my secondary advice. Chocolate like, cherry Baileys. If you at all can, it's real nice. Yeah. Yeah. And don't end up on next week's episode. 